the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, guys, welcome back to the show. This is Morgan Zeggers. I'm really excited today because we're talking about culture, baby. We're talking about people that put their necks out over the last week to defy the leftist tide going on in Hollywood and Nashville and the music industry and acting and all this stuff and the backlash that they get. Because I, I personally believe we're going through a cultural revolution, right? Like in the Chinese cultural revolution of the 20th century, when Mao Zedong, the communist dictator, rose to power, the communists come to power and they say, if anything resembles old China, it's got to go. So they removed the old ideas, old culture, old customs, and old habits. It completely decimated the society there. Okay? And it's because the communists only wanted what they envisioned for the future of the country. So that meant all, all religion in China had to go. All traditions and holidays and the things that brought society together had to go. They were the four olds. And I think we are now in America today also removing our old ideas, our old culture, our old customs and our old habits. And so when we talk about conservatism, when we talk about what I believe in and like running back to our roots, I love that Jones roots. I have that sticker on my laptop actually that I'm looking at. Run back to your roots is what it says. That's what we want to conserve here in America. People always say, what are they conserving? Well, I'll tell you what. We shouldn't call everybody on the right a conservative. There's a big difference between a Republican, a conservative, somebody who's just on the right, a libertarian, whatever. A conservative wants to preserve America's ideas, culture, customs, and habits that for a very long time worked very well for us. And now we have just abandoned them and all for what? I, Seth, Seth Dillon actually posted something on Instagram that I really, really loved. Let me go see if I can find that quick. I have my laptop up today. Well, we're studious today. Oh, there we go. Seth Dillon. Oh, perfect timing for him to post this for this theme of today's podcast. Seth Dillon tweeted, some people think we're improving morally by making fun of fewer things. I think the opposite is true. We're more depraved than ever because we're accepting and affirming what should be ridiculed and rejected. Ooh, very, very nice, Seth Dillon, B-Chief. Okay, he's the, the leader of the Babylon Bee, if you guys didn't know that. He's B-Chief on Instagram. But that's such a good point, is we are abandoning our old customs, ideas, culture, habits, and it's not leading us anywhere good. We are more depraved than ever, yet they claim we are more progressive than ever as a nation. And that's such a great example of how the left claims progress they self-identify as progressives and they bring nothing but regress to society. Okay, with that being said, let's get on into it, okay? Okay, so you guys, before we get on into the topics of the day, which are quite spicy, I want to let you guys know, if you haven't checked out yet, go to my Instagram. First of all, follow it if you aren't following it yet. What are you doing? Come on, it's my favorite app. Um, 
go to my Instagram and my one of my recent posts is a tutorial on how I use Vara Safety's Reach 2S. You guys are always asking how I use my holsters, what kind of outfits I wear for concealed carry, the kind of safe that I use, all this stuff because I'm a young woman, I live alone, right? Everybody wants to know. Or at least all the fellow young women and a lot of um, moms and dads that have kids, they're asking how I like to do things with my firearms because I'm, listen, I'm no gun bunny, right? But I like to be practical and I like to share my tips. So the one thing that I'm really interested in promoting these days is my Vara Safety Reach 2S because the Reach 2S is a hybrid between a safe and a holster in the sense that it looks like a holster and you easily pull it out like you would with the holster, but you have immediate proper grip. It's not like you're just grabbing a gun from a box safe. The cool thing about it is that it's actually screwed onto my bedside table right by my bed. And you could do it to really any furniture in the living room or wherever you want to do it. But you pull immediately from the holster. You have immediate proper grip and access, right? I mean, seconds count when this kind of stuff actually goes down. But the cool thing about it is that there is a biometric sensor where my thumbprint aligns as I pull the gun from the, quote, holster, and it immediately opens, but only to my thumbprint and only to anybody else that I've put on as an authorized user for the gun. Do you see how groundbreaking this really is? It is a game changer, especially for people with families, especially for people with kids. So I have one. You can put one in your car as well. And you guys, it eliminates all the extra steps that you need with other gun safes that can take up valuable time. And you literally just have to pull from a holster. Super fast, super effective. It's the fastest way to get your gun and checks all the boxes for security and reliability. So again, you guys, that's Vara Safety, V-A-R-A Safety.com. And what's even cooler is the products are made here in America and they're based right near my hometown in upstate New York by Saratoga. The Battle of Saratoga was the turning point of the Revolutionary War. But in brand, on theme with today's topic of removing the old the four olds of America, right? One of the things they do is remove our founders' statues, remove the stories of our founders, the lessons of our founders in American classrooms. They're rewriting history, rewriting history curriculum. And that is so, so dangerous for the future of our country, for how we educate our children. That gets us back to that first topic I always like to bring up. Why the heck would we rely on the government to teach our children about the government anyways? Isn't that a little dangerous, a little toxic, a little concerning? To rely on the government to teach our citizens about government? You don't think that'll get a little abusive down the line? Or after so so much time, they'll realize, hey, wait, education is power. Maybe we could start controlling it. So whoever is in charge of education really can dominate the future, not just the, the current political aspect, but this is a generational fight. And so if you control how the next generations are educated, you've got a lot of political power right there, okay? That's what we're seeing going down. So my first lesson to everybody is like, what the heck are we doing as a society, especially as conservatives, sending our kids to public school on a yellow school bus and saying, well, good thing we've got a great system of education in the country. I don't need to do anything else other than send them onto the bus to school every day. They'll turn out just fine. By 18, they will be a fully functioning citizen, fully educated on our structure of government and on economics and on finance and on how to do taxes and all that stuff. Uh -uh -uh. That's where we went wrong for quite some time, right? So we need to restructure how we think about that. I don't think government, maybe, yeah, I do think we should have government classes and have basic education in schools. 
And I totally get how some people want their kids to go to public school or some people need their kids to go to public school. They have no other options. I think we have to look at curriculum and school choice and all that stuff. But we shouldn't just rely on our kids learning about these things, whether it's it's political issues or current events or economics or finance or taxes or skills. Like I can't tell you how frustrating it is to see parents say, well, my kids learn the Pythagorean theorem, but they can't change a tire or they can't do their taxes. Why did I send them to school? What are our taxpayer dollars doing? It's like, really? We we handed the government the the requirement that it's their job, their responsibility to teach our kids how to change tires and do basic life skills and pay taxes. Why did we do that in the first place? Okay, rant over. I'll stop ranting about that. But let's get into the the issues that we're dealing with. First of all, before we get into more of the the big Hollywood names that I want to talk about, something regarding culture happened that that we have to touch on first. I'm looking at a headline right now from Post Millennial. It says, heavily armed Antifa militants stand guard outside Texas kid-friendly drag show. <laughs> like, what kind of headline is that? Oh my goodness. Well, so uh, down in DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth area, a lot of the people at the Blaze, uh, Sarah Gonzalez, uh, Taylor Hansen, and a bunch of others have, Chris Cruz, they have been coordinating to monitor what the heck is going on with the children-friendly, quote-unquote, drag shows that are happening in the state of Texas, deep in the heart of Texas, as the country song says. And what do you know? Another one happened this week, and it was atrocious. I mean, I, I can't show you guys the videos because we're still just an audio podcast. I'd like to do video soon, but I don't know. Got a lot going on. But there's plenty of stuff coming out about this, and it's literally just grown men in leotards, in sexual outfits, doing drag, which is a sexual performance to a crowd, but they're calling it kid-friendly this time. And so there's kids in the crowd. The kids are handing the sexual performance drag performers dollar bills after their performance, and it's exactly what you would expect, okay? The only difference, and this is what we're going to talk about today, the only difference between any of the, you know, this drag show and the other ones is the fact that there's armed Antifa people standing guard outside of the child-friendly drag show. Now that's a that's a lot of things right there in that sentence. I want to show you guys this video quick. This is somebody confronting the people standing with long guns outside of the drag show that kids are inside watching and tipping the performers at. So we have grown militant adults, armed, standing guard, preventing people from getting in and recording and stopping what I see as sexual abuse of children, having them watch this kind of crap. This is the interaction. All of you need to leave now! All of you need to go to the other side of the sidewalk right now! Other side of the sidewalk, if you are a counter-protester. I'm not a protester, I live here. Well, you are, you're wearing a blue lens matter flag, you're recording us. You need to be on the other side. I'm wearing a what? That's in your head. That's your American flag, my you need to get off the sidewalk right now. You need to go back to your side right now. I live here. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I mean, okay. I'm not going anywhere. You'll have to shoot me, mother. 
That's freaking weird. Oh, really? You're carrying a gun? What are you going to do with it? Just getting your serial number. Okay, that's enough. Uh, so yeah, the the people yelling, saying, you gotta go, yeah, I gotta go across the street, all this stuff. They're just yelling at concerned moms that are there showing up saying, what the heck is happening here? These Antifa people are in full black block. So remember, the, they destroy our cities, right? But they cover their faces so they can't be held accountable and they look a little more scary, right? They're wearing like ski goggles and ski hats and then black clothes, but they have armor on this time and they have literal guns across their chest and you know at least they have trigger discipline in this video but they are standing guard in full black block and guns guns a blazing for what to allow grown men dressed in sexual clothing to dance sexually in front of kids and get tipped as their parents bring them to this kind of show and what i really loved is this this mom is quite calm in this and she's like, are you, what, are you going to shoot me if I don't go across the street? And she's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm a, I'm a, a resident here, and I'm not going anywhere. So this was a show of courage, in my opinion. And the videos out of this event are just quite insane. What I want to talk to you guys about is this concept of Antifa becoming that armed force for the radical left. This is what usually happens. They, when the left rises to power in a society, and we see this throughout history, they get rid of the actual police force or the actual military. For us, they want to defund the police, right? This is Black Lives Matter founder, remember? We uh, are trained Marxists. So they want, to, they want to get rid of the police force. They say police is violence and all this stuff and defund the police. But then they replace the police with their own group that uses force and fear to push a certain agenda. And so that brings me to my, my survivor interviews with survivors of communist countries. When I interview people from Venezuela who had to uh, be threatened and terrorized by the Chavistas or from Nicaragua that had to deal with the Sandinistas and so on and so on, you'll hear the survivors literally tell you that they get PTSD from seeing the actions on the news of Antifa and America. And that's because. In other socialist countries, like I said, the Chavistas, the Sandinistas, the so on, you had similar groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter that would go out into the street and terrorize neighborhoods, loot, burn down, attack, get violent, get aggressive, all in the name for their political agenda. And that use of fear and that use of force as this little not an actual legitimate police force, but as the police arm of the left, terrified people into compliance with certain agendas. And I was talking about this two years ago. But now we're seeing this for the first time. These are now drag shows. Like th This has nothing to do with the Black Lives Matter stuff where they're saying that there's police violence and they're going out and they're rioting and they're looting in the streets with, with all that happened with the protests. Now they're just showing up calm, dressed up in military gear with guns and standing by as this kind of stuff is happening for their own radical agenda and kids are involved. This is us seeing them enter the next phase where they are trying to replace the current police force and become their own police force and intimidate others into compliance. Very scary. And yes, 
I'll say it again, survivors from other countries that had to deal with this, the Chavistas, the Sandinistas, so on, they say they have PTSD from seeing how Antifa operates here in America. Very, very scary. But they eventually will become that official police arm if the left is ever successful. So the next story, same thing, culture, cultural issue, massive backlash. But this time I feel really bad because it's Sydney Sweeney. So I haven't seen Euphoria, but apparently Euphoria is like one of the most popular shows for young people. That being said, it's filled with sex and drugs and terrible behavior. And it's a shame that this is the kind of example that's being set for how high schoolers should act, I guess. I, I hate culture in shows these days because it sets a standard, an example for how people should apparently behave at these ages. When in reality, it's like a bunch of adults playing teenagers and then acting as adults in a very inappropriate way. And then teenagers in America look at that and say, oh, that's how we should be playing around in high school. I didn't know that. Okay, well, we'll just do the same. And then they inspire or they aspire to be like these these bad examples. But that's another topic. So Sydney Sweeney is one of the the big actresses of our day, apparently, because she's a big leading figure in Euphoria and she's becoming a little sweetheart in Hollywood. So she is now facing cancellation and the left is freaking out because, you know, they freak out about something every three days and then you just have to ride the cancellation wave and not bow to the mob. Fortunately, she hasn't. First of all, I will say she's really cool because before she was famous and stuff, she was posting all these, she still posts these, but she like fixes old cars and she can do all of the this stuff on her own. And so she posts these really cool videos of her in the garage. And I think it's awesome. So she's always kind of been really cool in my eyes compared to other other celebrities. But I saw this recently happen where her mother had a 60th birthday. And oh no, oh no, you guys, we had some issues. I'm looking at outkick.com right now. And it says Sydney Sweeney faces backlash for throwing her mom a birthday party featuring MAGA-like hats. The writer says, in case you were curious if people are still triggered by a hat, the answer is yes. Just ask at Euphoria actress Sydney Sweeney. She threw her mom a birthday party that featured red caps resembling MAGA hats and now has to answer to the mob. Some guests at her mother's 60th birthday party wore customized red hats that said make 60 great again on the front. This, of course, is a play on former President Donald Trump's Make America Great slogan. Great again slogan. Sydney Sweeney's brother, Trent, shared pictures from the party, and that's when people who can't get Trump out of their minds hounded the actress on social media. What's cute is, uh, this is a shame, it's like, this is a cute little, like, hoedown-themed event for her mom's 60th birthday. They're all dressed up as cowboys and cowgirls, there's a bunch of cowboy hats, and there's nothing political except for one blue line flag shirt, and some of the guests were wearing Make 60 Great Again hats. The rest of it is literally just the fact that it was country-themed and they're in a barn wearing cowboy hats and kind of cowboy attire. That's all it took to set people off. And now this is one of the biggest stories in our country regarding culture. That's how disgusting this has become. That's why I'm saying that this is a cultural revolution because you can't even act as a basic, regular American with some country theme to your 60th birthday party without having to answer to the mob. The article says, while the MAGA-like hats are one thing, a Blue Lives Matter shirt is an entirely different trigger to some. So when Sweeney posted a photo of a man at the party wearing a shirt with a blue stripe on it, 
the one-two punch indirectly aimed at the left officially connected. It's literally just a picture of these people, and one of the guys in the background has a an American flag with a blue line on it, which is for police. So everybody freaked out. Sydney Sweeney took to Twitter and said, you guys, this is wild. An innocent celebration for my mom's milestone 60th birthday has turned into an absurd political statement, which was not the intention. Please stop making assumptions. Much love to everyone and happy birthday, mom. Okay, I give her credit for not backing down. She's literally just like, guys, calm down. I should be able to have a fun little country themed birthday party for my mom without you guys doing this. Now, you guys might be wondering, like, was this really a big deal? Let me just share with you what Twitter is saying about Sydney Sweeney for, again, just the t- the couple little make 60 great again hats, the country theme, and one blue line t-shirt of a guest at the party. One shows Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria when she's hiding in a bathtub, and it says, this is Sydney Sweeney hiding in Nancy Pelosi's bathtub on January 6th. Another said, Sydney Sweeney's brother looks like he watches all of her scenes. One person said, maybe it's the trauma of growing up in the white, bright state of Massachusetts, but why is there this Sydney Sweeney discourse? Do you guys not walk around conscious of the fact that every white person you meet, no matter how cool, is the child, sister, or brother of someone who hates you? Oh. So they're saying that when you're dealing with a white person, you have to understand that somebody connected to that white person is inherently going to be an evil racist conservative this one says sydney sweeney's dad after seeing her have sex with a black man in season one of euphoria and it's a white man uh spray painting the n-word on a wall someone says i for one am shocked that sydney sweeney a blonde with huge boobs that works on classic cars for fun has republican parents Another said, seeing Sydney Sweeney get jumped is beautiful. If you're white and unwilling to completely shame your parents for their conservative views, you're just as complicit and need to be escorted out. Someone said, unless Sydney Sweeney forces her parents to vote for Joe Biden at gunpoint, I can no longer in good conscience stan her show about high schoolers snorting heroin out of each other's mouths. That was kind of funny. Someone posted a picture of a woman at the Capitol on January 6th and said, this is Sydney Sweeney's grandma. Someone else said, the Sydney Sweeney thing just reminds me of what black folk mean when we say, quote, a difference of opinion and friendship is apples and oranges, not political views. Because how can you not be racist when you're smiling next to people wearing Blue Lives Matter shirts and fake MAGA hats? So if you guys haven't caught on yet, again, this is the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. We uh, are trained Marxists. So Marxism is usually, in classic Marxist terms, is when you divide the haves versus the have-nots, and that's by class. So the rich versus the poor, the owners versus the workers. But what we're seeing in America and what we've seen a few times throughout history is the use of cultural Marxism, where you divide the population by other forms of identity. And we especially see that today with like the LGBTQIA mafia, where they can constantly come up with new forms of identity, which definitely helps them, right? If you can continue to come up with more ways to divide people, more titles, more identities. But the big one that we saw over the last few years, especially in the wake of George Floyd, all the riots, all the protesting, is dividing the population by race. And so we're seeing that now too. They are saying that Sidney Sweeney is complicit with racism, just like all other white people are, merely for being friends with or having family members who are conservative and not calling them out or standing up against them. They are saying Sydney Sweeney is complicit. First of all, they're saying that 
her family members are racist just for daring to wear a make 60 great again hat or a, a blue line flag shirt, which is just supportive of basic law enforcement. They're saying she's complicit with that and that her family members are racist just because of those things. And she, as a family member, is going to be canceled too unless she stands up for against it. And last one that I'll read is someone said, this Sydney Sweeney business literally shows that white people are not holding their family members accountable at home. Your activism is performative because if not at home, then where else? If not the white people in your lives closest to you, then who else? It's just such a shame, you guys. This is so so good in terms of being an example for how ridiculous the left is. They want to divide families and getting it back to that idea of going through a cultural revolution. You can't even have a cowboy theme. You can't even lean a little bit to the right in terms of a a t-shirt that you wear without being canceled. And even if your family members do it, then you need to also count it or call it out or you will be canceled too. And that's what they did in China as well. You had to report family members. You had to make sure and monitor that your family members were not falling for the ideas of old China. If they were, then you had to report them. And people were reporting their parents knowing that they were going to get killed by the government in the rounds of holding communities accountable. People would be forced into the town square and killed or tortured. And family members reported family members, children reported parents, knowing that that would be the outcome, that that would be the consequence if they did so, that their family member would get tortured or killed. That's how serious even just the last 100 years of human history has been when you don't comply with what the left expects of you. So no, I'm not saying that's exactly what's happening in America, but it's very, very similar. It certainly rhymes, doesn't it? Thank goodness it's not as aggressive and violent though. Okay, so that was one version of online cancel culture. And by that, I mean the totalitarianism of the radical left, the woke left, coming for someone who didn't even say something controversial, who didn't even put out a political statement, but was just in pictures with family members who had innocent uh, merchandise on. But let's take a look at what happened in a similar but also different situation with Brittany Aldine, Jason Aldine, the country singer's wife, and the left and the people on the left in terms of like the wokeness of the country music industry. Because Brittany Aldine posted something that got her a lot of attention and it was like literally the most innocent thing at the same time. It's it's so non-controversial, but the left makes it into something. Brittany Aldine posted on Instagram a little video of her doing her makeup. And in the video, she said, I'd really like to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I went through my tomboy phase. I love this girly life. Now, her husband, Jason Aldine, commented right back and said, I'm glad they didn't too, because you and I wouldn't have worked out. Now, it was just a little joke, but it's also a serious political statement in the sense that the left right now will actually, with a straight face, tell you that, oh, well, my child was giving signs of being a boy when it's a biological girl when they were two or three or four. And then they start supporting, and I've talked to you guys about this, stories of 10-year-old children already being put on plans and a pathway to be surgically changed as a teenager once they become a little bit older, because right now they're only 10, right? So their parents are already changing how they identify when they're going out into the world. So at 10, they're like a biological girl, but their parents are dressing them as boys or vice versa. But then the parents are putting these 10-year-old level children on paths to get surgery in just a handful of years, okay? We are seeing the exposure of children's hospitals giving 
sex change surgery to children, whether that's that's hysterectomies or whether that's removing children's breasts, they're saying that, oh, we don't do the hysterectomy. We don't remove uterus until until they're 18, but we're also seeing proof that com- actually counters that, showing that they have done it with as young as 16-year-olds. So those are legal children. Removing the uterus, the ability for that young girl to have children in the future, all because when she was very young, she was saying that she identifies as the opposite sex. All of this is a complete mess. But you will have people on the left with a straight face say, well, yeah, I, I had a toddler look at me and say that they didn't feel like they're, they're assigned gender at birth. And so I supported them as a parent. And then you have a people in Hollywood, people in the music industry, doctors, professors, all these politicians as well, saying that they support this mentality to allow children to decide this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. This, in my opinion, this is sexual abuse of children. So it's not that crazy to joke about the fact that this is asinine. That, hey, if I said that I was a unicorn when I was a kid, I'm just glad my parents didn't help me transition into a unicorn or sew some horn onto the front of my head. I am so glad that I could have a tomboy phase. I see a lot of girls posting about that and joking about it because I had a tomboy phase too. And so that's all Brittany Aldine said. Did she say anything against the general trans community? No. But what's crazy is speaking out about protecting children from transitioning as children into the opposite sex, taking hormones, having parts of their body removed, going through non-reversible changes, that apparently is now just looped in with being fully transphobic. And that's really what bothers me here is that Brittany Aldean didn't post something that says trans people are sickos and they're disgusting and I hate them and I'm scared of them. I'm a big transphobe and I don't care what you say about me. No, she was talking about the fact that parents are allowing children to go through these massively dangerous and experimental physical transitions that are non-reversible. That's a big difference, okay? But what do you know? I'm looking at this right now from Us Weekly, Us Magazine, and it says Marin Morris and Brittany Aldean's feud over transphobic comments. Celebrities take sides. So that's what I get really frustrated by is this is a bigger topic than just supporting trans people's existence or not. This is about protecting children from a very dangerous, woke ideology. Now, that being said, you had Marin Morris. This is frustrating because I love the Highwaymen. Uh, it's a band of some of the great country singers from the past, and they all band together and they they sing a bunch of songs as the Highwaymen. So I love those songs. So then recently, Marin Morris and a few other female singers got together and started doing songs on their own and they call it the high women and it's like a little play on words and then they did a high women version of the song the highway men and it was a whole thing so i used to like it but now they've gotten so annoying with their politics and so ridiculous that i don't even like listening to them anymore and those are some of my favorite songs so Marin morris decided to hop into this with all the people on the left making fun of britney aldean and she posted Marin morris One of the biggest country singers, that's a female, she posted and she said, it's so easy to like not be a human scumbag. Sell your clip-ins and zip it, insurrection Barbie. (sighs) That's what she decided to say to Brittany Aldean when Brittany Aldean just spoke out about not giving children life-altering experimental surgery and hormone drugs. 
You see how that like it doesn't add up, but they can be wildly vicious to us and call us things like insurrection Barbie and a scumbag human and get away with it. And then they're the the moral and righteous ones. There's just something really disgusting about it. First of all, that's annoying. But then second, this is the state of country music. I mean, geez, Maren Morris is like one of the biggest names. She has some of the biggest songs over the last few years. Apparently, this is how Nashville operates. Apparently, it's very politicized. It's very woke. It's gone woke because the people at the top, the executives, they're like little bureaucrats. And they are, just like every other corporation, indoctrinated into the woke narrative. And that's a real dang shame. I'll just keep listening to the old stuff. And the last story, you guys, I am really, really happy with one of the latest episodes of Joe Rogan's show, uh, Joe Rogan Experience, because he had Aaron Rodgers on who's a leader in the NFL. They talked about a few things. The first video that I want to share with you guys is Aaron Rodgers telling the story of how he stood up against the vaccine requirement on the team. It's, it's fascinating to me. They didn't give a You want to play football? Take this thing. And I want you to do it publicly so that I can get more money out of those other people that are thinking about it and they're on the fence. Yeah, and then we're going to virtue signal to say, look how righteous our league is. We have 95% compliance yes. with the vaccine. Compliance. And if you don't, we're going to send a, a stooge to your team to show you graphs of your vaccination percentage of your team compared to the rest of the league, which actually happened. Really? Yeah. What was the stooge like? Oh, I mopped the floor with him. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. See, again, that's why people are like, no one knew your vaccination status. You lied to your teammates. No, no, no. Day three of training camp, they sent this stooge in, and, and he showed these slides about what your vaccination percentage was in your team, where you compare to the rest of the league. And I started asking him questions about liability. Oh, I'm not a lawyer. Okay, cool. But you're in here talking about all these different things, and you don't talk about anybody's personal health issues, there's zero exemptions. You took out religious exemptions. You took you took out uh, PEG exemptions. You took out anybody's ability to have uh, an opinion. Uh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Well, it's not only going to affect your uh, day-to-day status on the team, but your ability to get a job, your ability to keep a job, your ability to get a tryout if you get cut from this team because you want to put a percentage above 90% of your team where you guys can have some sort of like special virtue. Like, look how amazing we are. We're above the 90% threshold here. Okay, so the first thought that I have is this, this general frustration with how crazy it is that, first of all, companies like Pfizer created a product, right, and then profited off of this product and then used their connections with the government and this moment of, of health emergency, a crisis, to get rich off of the product and then set a required amount of demand for the product by using their buddies in government to set a vaccine requirement, and then started to have the buddies in government require a booster, a booster, a booster. So a new round, a new round, a new round. Imagine if you could just make a product and then have the government force the people to use your product, and then you could get paid for it again and again and again if you just keep saying, I think you're going to need a booster for it. So that right there is frustrating enough. But then to hear that they were sending representatives, the government, these companies, they're sending representatives into things like NFL teams and they're saying, you guys are, are the role models for young kids around America, for, for adults around America, and you need to set a good example. And if you don't, 
not only does it make you look bad, but it makes your team look bad. And it makes it makes your team, a part of the NFL, look bad. And then you perform bad in numbers. And then you're putting the rest of the team at risk. And then you're not going to make money after this if you guys have somebody who's unvaccinated COVID. And then you're not going to make money from the games that you have to forfeit, all this stuff. They're, they're holding so much above their heads. And this is all going back to a private company that profits from having people take this product. See what I mean? It's like they're using so many immoral ways to push the product that they profit from onto the people in a forceful way. And at the end of the day, this is them making money. This is not them caring about, oh, we need to have everybody get the vaccine because it's so effective. It's not effective. So that's the first frustrating thing. But second, taking that concept of that, them actually being great examples and role models, it's not very strong as a role model to set an example that, hey, it's okay to comply and not question anything. Just do what you're told. I think if anything, Aaron Rodgers set the best example possible. And then him explaining that is one of the best videos that I've seen out of all of COVID. Him showing young men and women that it's okay to be a leader in the room, even on day three, like he said, right from the start, confident and clear with your questions And you know what you're talking about so that when you're going up for a debate against someone, you know exactly what they're probably going to say and you know what you can reply with and you know what kind of questions to ask, you know what your concerns are, and you know what you need to understand and be made aware of before you agree to enter into something like taking something and putting it into your body. He's so confident. He's so clear. And what I love is he's like, I wiped the floor with him. Because that, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like for some reason, we've been taught to be scared to challenge authority, but he is bringing it back of what it really means to be a leader. And I love that. It's such, such, it sets such a good example. So it's something that's often overlooked, but we need that kind of mentality back, especially when we're showing young men how to be good, strong, capable leaders, not this weak, complying beta male population that we have. They, they scared teams and said, if you had an outbreak caused by a non-vaccinated player, you'd not only forfeit that game if you had enough players out, but you wouldn't get paid for that week. And here I am showing up to training camp Joe, the first day, and we got five people who work for the organization out with COVID all fully vaxxed. <laughs> and I got COVID from a fully vaxxed individual who only got vaxxed to keep his potential of being a part of the NFL. Now, you guys, as the last video that I want to show you, I saw something online that has to do with this vaccine stuff, and I just thought it'd be a great closer for us. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. If you haven't yet, if you don't mind subscribing and leaving a five-star review, it really helps the show. I appreciate it, and I'll see you next time. But listen to this right now. It's it's good. Did you guys know that they ran a test on you to figure out if you would be okay with them killing your fellow countrymen in front of you? <laughs> Let's see if you passed. How'd you respond to this? For crowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Did you pass? Did you laugh like those people about watching somebody die in front of you because they didn't comply with the government? About something that the government has now changed their stance on? Just let this marinate a sec. That is some evil shit you did you thought you felt you agreed with yikes
You know, if they made you that afraid the first time, they can make you that afraid again. So maybe next time, don't let your fear be a reason to advocate for people to die. How about that? Is that a fair conclusion to come to? General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.